This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the MVSP with myself, Joseph Nagy, and Brandon Worth. We are so happy to have you here. NFL football is starting to get into the thick of it. College football is starting to get in the swing of things. And, obviously, Detroit sports is kind of having a tough go of it lately. But, Brandon, Uh, it's great to be in the studio today. It's great. It's always a great day to be in the office. And today we have a special guest once again. It is my buddy in crime, you could say. Just kidding. We haven't committed any crimes. Ryan Simmons is here. Say hello, Ryan. Hello. Uh, For record, we haven't just yet. No, we have not committed <laughs> crimes. That was just perfect. It's a joke. I we got you guys' attention, yet. didn't I? See, it's a see good attention grabber. But yeah, attention grabber. But no, okay. we have not committed any crimes. But we got a great show today. Like you said, college football, NFL. Um, but first off, we have a little bit of breaking news in the Detroit sports world. Um, an unfortunate news, but we also understand the circumstances as Detroit Tigers manager Rod Gardenhire has officially called it a career in the managing um, in the managing position, he is now going to step away from baseball due to um, what he's describing mostly as health concerns. Uh, he was quoted in the New York Post and said, I have to take care of myself. Um, he, quote, he talked about how it was such a great time being with the team, really helping them in the rebuild, being with everybody and being like doing doing his manager thing. But he said, really, it was tough for him this last year. Mm-hmm. And he knew he just health-wise, he couldn't keep up all the stress and everything going on. Because, I mean, he is 62 years old, and yeah. when you're at that age, you do have to worry about your health. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and he was the guy who is, I felt like they were starting to turn the page, really. Uh, he was able to kind of, I mean, get those young guys starting to develop our farm system a lot, which we haven't really been able to do lately. And, I mean, he did finish with the Tigers 132 and 241, but you got to remember, he took over the team right after Brad Osmus left, and that's oh, yeah. when all of our big names just decided to, like, I mean, Nick Castellanos went to the Cubs. We traded away J.D. Martinez. Just a whole bunch of situations that led him to kind of pick up a team that really didn't have any talent that we had to see in the foreseeable future. And it's tough to see him go, but, I mean, obviously I think he was doing a really good job, and it's going to be it's gonna be weird to see him not in the clubhouse anymore. Yeah, he started with a basically not – I wouldn't say a full com- complete full slate or new slate, but it was definitely a situation where he had – Pretty much to start from scratch, even though, I mean, he obviously did have some pieces there. He had yeah. Miguel. He had Nick for a very limited amount of time before yeah. he was traded. And then they had some other guys at the end Goodrum of the Goodrum and stuff like that. Yeah, Those they guys have, who showed promise. Yeah, they had. we had a lot of young guys. And, I I mean, don't put any of this on Garden Hire for the losing record. We didn't have anybody to compete with on the field as far yeah. as veterans, as far as experienced players. We're, we were basically starting with a new team at this point. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... I found another time to say it again. Rome was not built in one day. I'm gonna find That's your every, favorite phrase. I'm gonna brain. find to say oh, that man. on every single episode. But basically, with what he's done, and I mean everybody, everybody in the clubhouse loves him. I mean they were they were so so grateful that he was there and the things that he did for the organization. He's just a really he's a class act. And the one thing I appreciate is there's not been anything like off the field or anything related to that where he's like. There's we don't have players getting in trouble. We don't mm-hmm. have those sort of things. And I mean, Daniel Norris said in a, a Twitter post, he said just um, saying thank you to Guardy is one of my favorite humans. I'm grateful for the joy, and knowledge, and passion you shared with us. Win or lose, it's abo- or whatever is above respect you, and then you have it. And yeah. that really describes Garden Hire because he made these guys, um, he made these guys into fantastic baseball players for the abilities they had and great men too and i think yeah especially the city of detroit appreciates that yeah definitely yeah and i mean to kind of close that out uh detroit tires tweeted out a message from uh garden hire he said this is a bittersweet moment for me and myself and my family i'd like to thank this opportunity to thank the countless members of the tigers organization that i've had the honor of working alongside with for the last 16 seasons um, I'd also like to thank the Detroit Tigers and Minnesota Twins for giving me the privilege of leading their clubhouses. While I'm stepping away from managing, I'll be watching this group of Tigers closely in the next few years. There's a lot of talent on this team, 
and in the farm system, and Tigers fans are going to enjoy the exciting times on the horizon. Yeah, they should be. I mean, if everybody stays there, it's going to be – got a lot of young, promising guys. We've brought up Scoobo. We've brought up Mice. We've brought up Paredes. And then we have guys already in, still in the system like Matt Manning. There's still plenty of guys that – we have Torque as well. Those guys are all still in the system, and we have mm-hmm. a good team. Like you said, Nico, we got really good pieces. And if they all stay put and they don't get shipped out anywhere, we're gonna be we're gonna be in good shape. But Garden Hire, we wish him nothing but the best. I mean, he had a great managing career. I think people forget mm-hmm. how great he was in Minnesota. He had six AL Central titles. He won Manager of the Year, I believe, in 2010 when they almost made it all the way. But they, I mean, they, he's he built a great squad, in Minnesota. And the one thing you saw was they weren't big name players. Mm-hmm. They, they they were those guys that played the game the the right way, and they weren't any big name guys. They just did their job. It was almost kind of like a Belichick type of thing. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's kind of what we saw here with Detroit. Well, as as well, because we've noticed over this restart that they've been playing better. They've been playing much better baseball than they did last year. It's just we've caught a couple bad stretches. I mean, I when you look at some of the games we. We basically we lost some of our pitching. We've lost a couple guys to injury. When we lost CJ Chrome, that was a big loss because yeah. he was really, really swinging a hot bat when he was in there at the beginning of the season. But it, we we were playing better baseball, and right now it's just a lot of mixed emotion going on, especially with injuries. Ugh, Detroit, can we get away from injuries, please, in every sport? But good good wishes to Garden Hire. We wish him nothing but the best, and we thank him for everything he has done. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, Lloyd McClendon is going to be taking over the team for the remainder of the 2020 season. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Going to be crazy for, I mean, at least this season, trying to f- kind of figure out a whole fiasco of who's going to be our manager. But to switch gears a little bit, NFL last weekend was pretty eventful, pretty solid weekend, I'd say. I was really excited with watching it. Um, fantasy-wise, I did all right. But as a fan, I really love seeing everything. Yeah. I mean, looking at the – uh, the first game. Um, if you did not mi- if you did not get a chance to see last night, there was a great Sunday night football game last night. The Seattle Seahawks oh, and the New England Patriots came down to the wire. And the best part about this whole thing was we were getting towards the end of regulation. Patriots are slowly moving down the field, and basically what came into my mind is, are we gonna have the Super Bowl, but reversed, <laughs> which is exactly oh, what happened at the one yard line. Flashback to what everybody remembers as why did Marshawn Lynch not get the ball at the one-yard line? And it turned into the pick to the, for the Patriots to seal the Super Bowl. And then you flash forward till yesterday. Cam Newton and the Patriots on the one-yard line, down five with a chance to win it. And Cam Newton runs the ball and gets stuffed. So I don't know yeah. what to think anymore. <laughs> so I, that was, it was just a, a crazy game. And what are your guys' thoughts on that game? Because I, I really, really enjoyed it. That was a beautiful game. I I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to watch a lot of it because I had other things to do, but it was, who I loved it. Yeah, it great fantasy wise for me too. <laughs> uh, for m- I had a little bit of a struggle for that game. I forgot to take out James White in my rotation. Uh, yeah. Um, his situation is a little bit tough. I mean, with uh loss of his uh, with, I think his loss of his dad yeah, in a car yeah. accident and yeah. his mom and unfortunate. It was super it, very unfortunate. unfortunate. Um, but I mean. It's it's tough. I mean, I kind of want. I wanted the. I think I said the Patriots were gonna win last episode. I had that as my prediction. I think, oh, um, kind of with like their new offense look. But I mean, when you really look at the score sheet, these teams were so evenly matched in the first half, and they really just flip flopped in the mm-hmm. second half as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, third quarter, New England only scores three, and Seattle Seahawks score fourteen, and then you switch it around, and Patriots are almost able to seal the deal with a touchdown. But I mean, it comes down to that point where you just think of all the options that they would have had and why they throw the ball, and then it, it just comes down to, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. I, and this is this is just like I I just can't get past how watching the Patriots is so different compared to the last ten years. I mean, we're looking at Cam Newton throwing the ball forty four times and running it eleven times, and I mean, combining I, for over four hundred and forty yards, that's. That's something yeah. you don't normally see. Is, Especially in a loss, too. Yeah, and yeah. that's just – I mean, Cam played a fantastic game. He did have one throw that I'm sure he would want to get back on the interception. But, I mean, he had an overall great game. I mean, it's really it's really hard with the New England running game right now. James White being gone definitely was a factor. Was a huge impact. Yeah, because he's huh. been a guy that you can really count on to really – like light a spark, get a spark in your offense. He's really that guy, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. He does it better than about anybody in the NFL. 
But, I mean, looking outside of Cam Newton, Sony Michelle had only 19 yards yesterday on seven carries. Burkhead had six carries, only gained two yards. So I know Burkhead made a much bigger impact in the passing game as he kind of took over that James role, mm-hmm. or James White role for the day with 47 yards. Um, Edelman, whoo, Edelman. Oh, man. People keep sleeping on Julian Edelman. <laughs> They've been sleeping on him since he's like got into the league. I mean, eight receptions, one hundred seventy-nine yards, crazy, ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I mean, if you like, you see this game evolve, and you're you're looking at the Patriots and their success. They're having, they're running the ball, they're getting down the field, and then whenever they need a chunk of yards, the first down. It's Edelman. Going to Edelman. It's Edelman. It's Edelman. He's the and guy right now. He is the guy. And, I mean, deep down the field, Cam had two beautiful throws, back shoulder. I believe one of them, Edelman had a dive to catch. The other one was a perfect over-the-shoulder throw. But, I mean, looking at the other side, Russell Wilson. Have a day. He was. <laughs> Have I mean, a day. I mean, yeah. ex- we can explain this part is, yes, Newton had 397 yards on 30 passes. Yes, he had a 47 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Yes, he had a great game. But when you watched Russell Wilson play yesterday, he's proving why people should start considering him as the best quarterback in the NFL. And even Bill yeah. Belichick said it himself. He said, mm-hmm. I'm glad we don't have to play him for or at once we only have to play him once every four years. We don't have to play him every year. Because he believes that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in this game. Overall, his skill set, his mindset at the line of scrimmage, his decision making, his playmaking ability. He's he is in a he's a great quarterback. I love him on and off the field. He's he's just an out. He's a fantastic football player and really um, shows what a football player should be like, especially in the community for what he does mm-hmm. at the Seattle Hospital is incredible. But I mean, two eighty eight, five TDs. He did have one pick that was not his fault. Went right through the tight end's mm-hmm. hands into the awaiting arms of I believe it was Devin McCourty. Yeah. Yes, I keep getting those two mixed up with Jason, but it's yeah. okay. Um, Carson, 72 yards, seven, or 17 carries, 72 yards. Pretty pretty average bell cow workload for him. Lockett had seven catches. DK Metcalf, four catches. And David Moore, Chris Carson, all getting touchdown catches as well, which I don't know if you saw Did David you Moore. Holy cow. That was ridiculous. <laughs> that was insane. Dragging his feet around oh, yeah. the, next to the pylon, bringing it back in bounds by probably not even a centimeter in bounds. Did and you see how perfect the throw to DK Metcalf was, though, oh my on goodness. that touchdown pass? That's just showing why he's one of the best in the game. A, a yeah. deep ball over the shoulder, has to get it just over the defense's hands, and then right just places it right into the arms of DK Metcalf. It's ridiculous how good, how not only how good Russell Westbrook is, but how NFL quarterbacks can be. It's just ridiculous. You mean Russell Wilson? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, Russell <laughs> Wilson. I, same W last name. Yep. Where's tough. Russell Westbrook right now? Yeah, he should be the in the NFL. Probably you know. in his house right now. Gone fishing. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> just just putting that out there. What, what would Russell Westbrook be like playing in the NFL? Oh, man. I feel like he would be like a Cam Newton, just doesn't throw as much. Would he be? Would he play quarterback? I or feel like he would be a running back. I feel like, I feel like anything. I feel like that would be his best position, would Definitely, be running yeah. back. But, hey, just, just throw that out there. But fantastic game whether i mean we got the sunday night football we've we wanted out of these two these two quarterbacks Mm -hmm. like i skip bayless said this is a dream watching these two play against each other especially in their prime um i mean cam's not quite in his prime but i mean still he's very very good still i mean anybody would take a a little bit under prime cam newton as their quarterback but um it's definitely going to be really interesting to see both these teams going forward i mean seattle's got a lot of momentum right now but winning two high scoring games um, winning last week against Atlanta, who's been doing very well offensively in his yeah. yard category. Defense, eh, not, not <laughs> A little good. bit lackluster. But, um, yeah, Russell Wilson actually last night um, passed Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger for second most wins by a quarterback in the first nine seasons with 87. So that's a pretty yeah. big milestone for Russell Wilson, especially the fact how good he was so early as mm-hmm. an early comer in the league, not really established as a veteran, but – it, it's going to be exciting to see as we move over to um, another great quarterback matchup we oh, have man. coming up on paper. Deshaun Watson against Lamar Jackson. And, boy, I, I got to say, I feel bad a little bit for Deshaun Watson because, I mean, going they up against – They don't deserve to yeah. be 0-2. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Going up against the two arguably best teams in the AFC right off the get-go, especially with their offense not being established as it should be. I mean, we can talk about it a little bit later, but yeah. it's – I mean, this this Houston team 
it's just not the same without DeAndre Hopkins. Not really. No. I mean, it takes away a huge factor. Yeah. For Deshaun Watson yeah. to go to. And even when uh, Will Fuller didn't even play. Last yeah, night, that's right. That Will Fuller did not play. They didn't have any really like known weapons on that that offense. There. Yeah, for sure. So I, yeah, so many outlets for him to throw to are just gone. Yeah, it's Brandon. Yeah. It was Brandon Cooks yesterday. Was going to be the guy. Randall Cobb had to play right or this like. Receiver number two yesterday. He had to be that yeah. guy. And R- Randall Cobb, as going back to Green Bay history, that's not that's not a that's not a role he takes on very often. No. So um, it just shows you how the Texans team they they have a good team on paper. I mean, David Johnson didn't have the yeah. night last last or yesterday. I almost said last night, but um, <laughs> yeah. he he didn't have the night he had compared to Week One, where he's mm-hmm. in the 70s with a TD. But he's yeah. he's still. I mean give him some credit he's been gone from football for a while now i think mm-hmm. a lot of people forgetting yeah. that so i mean it's still he's still getting back and obviously i mean you got guys like um the best running backs in the league they're gonna have off nights it happens like you can run into a defense just not have not have the protection you need not have that change of speed you need yeah so i mean every every team's gonna have a different game plan to stop the run and mm-hmm. um baltimore did a great job yesterday defensively I think they got they should get a lot of credit yesterday for what they yeah. did, forcing turnovers, stopping the run. They really made Deshaun throw it a lot. I mean, he had to throw it 36 times, and obviously at some point he was going to have to get picked off for how that, yeah. great that defense was yeah. playing. It doesn't matter how many times you throw it, and as, as well as you're going to throw it. If you throw it close to, I mean, 40 times, one of those times you're going to mess up. It takes extreme focus and extreme talent yeah. to – to have a no interception night with that many throws, it would just be ridiculous. But yeah. I mean, look at uh, the Ravens side. Every time they did anything on the offensive side, it it was just working for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're rushing. I no player had. I mean, other than Lamar Jackson who carried it 16 times, he got 54 yards. He was the only one to average below five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole out of the whole lineup. I mean, J.K. Dobbins with two carries, 48 yards for the rookie. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Gus Edwards averaged 7.3 yards a carry. That's that's something you would love to see from your running back. And, I mean, when you look at their receivers, too, the lowest one averaged 8.4 yards. Yeah. it's Their their rushing attack is, I would argue, is the best in the NFL as far mm-hmm. as yards. I mean, you could really make an argument with what Cleveland's doing, and we'll get to Cleveland here just later on in the show. But, I mean, 230 yards rushing compared to Houston's 51 a significant difference it's four over four times as much and i mean baltimore didn't have to outpass houston they don't have to they don't have to throw it 30 times a game to get a win with lamar jackson because they can make plays he can throw it when he needs to and when he when he throws it he's still he's still accurate on the money he's making good throws i mean he had 204 passing yards 18 of 24 that that's really good stats. That's that's seventy five percent completion rating. I had to do that math in my head really fast. But oh, I mean he was he was efficient. That's all you need. It's when he runs the ball, he's more of that kind of that playmaker. When when he's throwing it, he's more a lot more efficient. And I think that's what really makes them a scary team is when he can yeah. pull out of the pocket, make plays, make a throw, and that he can make those things happen. Especially when you got guys like Miles Boykin, Hollywood, Marquise Brown. And Willie Sneed, who Willie Sneed, a lot of people are getting a lot of like, um, a lot of people are really liking Willie Sneed. I mean, he only had two catches yesterday, but I think yeah. I think what he brings to the table is, with the experience, especially when you got Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin, who are still in their younger years, and um, Mark Andrews for sure. I mean, he had a he only had one catch yesterday, but I mean, obviously going into the game, the Texans knew they had to stop him because mm-hmm. especially yeah. after what he did week one, they, oh, that, yeah. that, that that was going to have to be an emphasis, or they weren't going to have a great game, but. Still, shout out to the Ravens' defense. I I mean, just watching them yesterday, Marcus Peters was fantastic. He had an interception. Um, he, they just really look like they're making the plays enough to capitalize on mistakes to the point where they're putting the Ravens in a position where they don't have to rely on their offense to score all the points. No, uh-huh. definitely not. Yeah, I was just agreeing with you there. Yeah, yeah. I and I mean, even when you look at it, Patrick Queen, the rookie too, he's been able to play really well. He's been kind of been able to cement himself into the lineup. Seven tackles, two assists. Marlon Humphrey, two six tackles, one assist. I mean, that defense is just ridiculous. Yeah, and you got guys up front like Calais Campbell, who they got in the off season, and I I would have to I would have to say I don't I don't know if Jackson really made a, Jacksonville made a great move of giving the Ravens defense Calais no. Campbell not the smartest move but 
They're going to have to live with that. But, I mean, their front, their front seven is bringing pressure and allowing these young playmakers on the outside in their secondary mm-hmm. to make plays, which they're, we saw yesterday with Marcus Peters. They're definitely looking for redemption from last year with kind of a disappointing yeah. finish their season. Yeah, for sure. As we now – we don't want to do it, but we have to talk about the Lions. I oh, mean, man. we have to talk about the Lions. It's Being a Detroit sports fan is kind of crappy right now. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> can all agree yeah i mean ryan unfortunately is not yeah. a devoted um lions fan he's actually a steelers uh, fan yeah Luke did come out with the win congrats like to the that. steelers that was a great win yesterday um shout out to james connor for really showing Ooh. up after week one that was that was a rough outing week one i mean yeah fantasy owners were very scared probably benny snell benny snell was one of the highest added guys yesterday and he only got three touches because james said no that's <laughs> all mine. my carry no. but yeah, I'm just trying to get away from Detroit. Yeah. That's why I'm getting let's on the side Let's get back on point. topic for this but Detroit. We got to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's get well, – I guess we can talk about Detroit. I'm going to try not to get upset as I did last time because, I mean, this is Green Bay. This is a team that we we know is much better what than Chicago. Um, I mean, Stafford, he played about the same as yesterday, or last week, 20 of 33, 244, two, T, two TDs and interception. He forced a lot of balls in the fourth quarter, which I know I'm sure they were trying to really stage well, some I mean, sort of what miraculous. Can you, I mean, really, what can you do? You don't score for the second and third quarter. Yeah. And they are up, uh, like, close to 28 points. Like, it's a 28-0 yeah. deficit at that point um, for those two quarters. I mean, what can you do? I mean, yeah. we're up 14-3 in the first quarter. We can't – like we said, yeah. our defense just – doesn't keep the gas on. I don't know. And I don't understand why. I don't know what it is. And this is what makes me so frustrated is the fact that we're winning these games. And then when the second half comes around, I almost know it's not going to be the same. And the worst part about it is is when you're thinking, okay, we just need to hold it together. Just hold it together. I don't change change your locker room strategy. Give a different message. Yeah. Do something. And then Aaron Jones, first play, 75 <laughs> yards, basically untouched to the end zone. And then I'm. Yeah, this it is, always this seems like we have it in the bag in the first half, or we have a fairly solid chance of winning, and then it's just when we get to the third quarter, it's like we're all right, a great first half team. But it's like it's like the floodgates just open, and we just get off the field, and the other team can just walk right into the end zone. I don't understand why we're so terrible. This is this is a frustrating thing, and I I do know the numbers on this, and I don't really want to say this in out loud because it just makes me more mad. But since the la- or over the last two seasons, this is the tenth game we've led by double digits. We've only won two of them, two of them, and one of them I'll give, I'll give a little bit of cr- no, I won't. We tied against Arizona. That was the only <laughs> non-loss. We're two seven and one in the ten, and don't even get me started on the Arizona game. And that was the most frustrating game I had as a Lions fan last year was the fact that we were literally up, I believe, almost twenty against Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, who couldn't figure out anything in that game. They were struggling so bad. Then the second half, it's like, oh, light switch. We figured it out. And, of course, they go on to win the or tie. They end up tying the game, which should have been wrapped up by the fourth quarter easily. Yeah, I need to stop talking. I'm going to get frustrated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, we did play the Packers, but it's like at one point you got to fig- figure out, like, what our problem is. Like, why are we just – like, why is our defense at the point where it's literally just like – you? Get, it's like a feather in the wind. It's just going wherever it goes. Yeah. And it's like it can just be pushed over so easily and they can just go score. Yeah. Do give the Packers some credit. I know. They, Do give the, I mean, Aaron they, Rodgers went They They went definitely good, capitalized too. on our mess-ups. I mean, no yeah. question about it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the one thing I definitely noticed in this game was he wasn't touched, like, at all. Our pass rush Barely. was pretty poor. And – I mean, Trey Flowers is our guy to really get to the quarterback. He had to deal with David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari is one of the best in the NFL at his position. Reason one. One, one sack on yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Jamie only, Collins was the only one to get through. Yeah, only one time. And Aaron Rodgers, you give him time, it's a wrap. We've, we've witnessed that. Any sports many fan knows Aaron Rodgers. Many occasions. Many yeah. occasions we've known. Don't bring this up, Joe. You're just giving me more. <laughs> Uh, don't give uh, don't get me started on Hail Mary. Don't even get me started on <laughs> Richard Rodgers. Don't even get me started. But Aaron Jones, he had a field day. I, I'll, yeah. I won't be afraid of it. He had a field day. 168 yards on the ground, 68 in the air, on 22 touches and three touchdowns. Fantasy yes. wise, I lose 45 points. So whoever had him, 
Good they're, play. They're having a good day. Good they're play. having yeah. a good day. That, that was a pretty 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 good play, but I mean, yeah. our offense is stagnant in the second half. Our defense has been playing pretty poor and atrocious in the second half. So if we can just play solid all the way through rather than just being a first quarter, second quarter team, we could then we might actually yeah. have a chance of going 500 every once in a while. Yeah. Getting there. I was going to make the comment of uh the head coach, where did he come from? He's the defensive Matt Patricia defensive you had defensive to bring that coach. We had, I mean, we were, <laughs> defensive talking, coach. We were talking before the show <laughs> yeah. even started. Yeah, we had a couple of people in here. It's like, oh, at man. what point do you see like, all right, yeah, some of it's the players' fault, but really, when the players are playing good in the first quarter in the first half, what happens in the locker room to the point where we just come out so poor? I that's at what really point what is I at know. what point do we draw the line where it's like. All right, the play, it's not really the player's fault anymore. We got to look at where the coach is at right now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I I mean, I've I've read a lot of um articles and stuff and really trying to figure out really what what is that thing that is just giving us so much trouble to get back in these football games and win these football games. I don't and I've it's crazy because like Everybody is saying it's Patricia. It's Patricia. The coaching is not great, which can't lie. Defensive coordinator in the uh, New England before he came here, not yeah. good their defense was. Yeah. And our defense? You think he'd be able me? to carry <laughs> it over somehow, but he's yeah. just not, not, what not is, there. How is it not getting better? And I understand lost Darius Slay. We lost all of our good players that we had on our core teams over the playoff years. I get that. I get it. But – Patriots don't have like multi-million dollar studs in their defense. No, like I mean, mm-hmm. well, even when they lost Kyle Van Noy, they're still pretty good. They're still even good. Even when they lost a lot of their main guys that you are able to produce. Yeah. And when we don't have that, why can't one of the best defensive coaches probably, well, you can you really can't argue that he's not one of the best because he's been able to work with that Patriots defense and we've seen the success that they had. And I just don't understand uh-huh. why he can't carry that over. We're getting that. Yeah, I I just I mean, I read something today that said that the players are backing Patricia. And that's kind of a good sign. That's that that's going to that makes the situation worse to me because in the first season in Detroit, there was a lot of talk about there was just no cohesion in the locker room when it came to Patricia, which it seemed like he was a pretty nice guy coming into yeah. coming into the role. I mean, he was a great guy yeah. in the New England staff, New England New England players said good things about him, so we were excited. But it it just te- seemed like there was no cohesion in the locker room the first year, and now it just seemed like everyone's starting to back him. And it's like it's making this decision if we need to just keep holding on and see if something comes out of this, or it's time to pull the plug. Because I know there's a lot of people ready for them to pull the plug, and a lot of people are talking about week four, if we're zero and four, which by the way we have the. I believe we have the Arizona Cardinals and the New England or New England, New England Saints, New Orleans Saints in Week Four. That's uh, not great for a schedule. Don't no. it? Don't look like we're gonna get the benefit of the doubt with that one. I'm just gonna say that it's it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a it's gonna be rough. That's you guys might be just upset New Orleans, like you just beat that one good team every year and then yeah, lose that, everything I mean, else. That is, a, that is a Detroit Lions. Like, <laughs> and we're talking about Patricia for coach of the year. It's, yeah. I, I, I don't I know what we'll, <laughs> what we'll do with that. But Yeah, just wait till we upset a big team and this whole we're whole, our whole mindset is going to change. Yeah. We, we need to really – I mean, I put out a heartfelt post on Twitter that, I, that really came to me. One, one – I quoted it as one year will be our year. One day will be our day. But right now, it's not now. It's not right now. No. It's just we know that it will come. We can't see the end of the t- the light at the end of the tunnel yet. Which is the toughest part, it, though. It's it, because exactly. Like, I mean, okay, just a, speaking as a Detroit Lions or just a Detroit sports fan, okay. We can't see the end of the tunnel for any of our sports teams. We have no hope anywhere. The Pistons, we kind of suck. The li- the Lions, obviously we've been talking about how bad they are right now. Yeah. The Red Wings, I mean, what's going on in that dumpster fire right now? Ouch. The Tigers, uh, well, you can't really argue with that. I can't Tigers. argue with that. I'm the just Tigers saying, right now, 
Gar- like we said, Garden High retires. He was a guy who I thought was going to be able to kind of work with his farm system, work with the young talent we had. Literally, it's the honestly being a Detroit sports fan. So it's the worst city for to be a sports fan right now. I can't argue with that. Yeah. What other what other town? What other city has as much bad luck as we have? Nobody. Where we just don't have just one good sports team. Oh, it's all of them. We're all like, all of our teams are subpar. are terrible. We I used mean, to be we used to be good. That's the crappy part. I mean, the Lions never was. I mean, yeah. but we used to be <laughs> okay. To, okay. Hey, no, 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 no. We used to be good, but now we are terrible. At least we like. At least there's some cities who have like terrible hockey teams or terrible basketball teams, but they have just one good team to keep them up. But literally, I I get so depressed watching sports, Detroit sports. It's this is it hard. makes me just want to turn the TV off and just sit in my bed and just like look at the wall. At that point, I'd be like, I'll be more satisfied watching this than I am watching Detroit sports. It is frustrating. And there were parts that I actually tuned into the the Bears game just to see how the Bears were doing. And obviously, or honestly, like that honestly made the situation worse, knowing we lost to the Chicago Bears and Mitch Trubisky. So that made me a little more frustrated. But it's okay because one day will be our day. When it will be, that's the hardest part. We don't know when. But change will be needed. How that change is going to happen, front office, coaching, I think is really where it's going to come in. Because I don't think there's any players that are making this Mm-mm. team, like, toxic or anything or not playing to their no. full potential. Because they're, they're given – there's something that's not clicking in the second half, and we got to figure that out or we're not going to win any games this year. And we're going to be talking about what who we're going to draft in the top five this year. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. Because, I, I mean, we drafted Jeff Okuda, and we thought that was going to be a change, especially with how we, he was going to pair with – how he was going to pair with Desmond Trufant. But obviously, those two guys are out right now, so that's going to be a tough thing anyway. So I mean, we really don't really have anything to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a lot to look forward to with Joe Burrow right now. Yes, yeah. they did lose on Thursday night to Cleveland, 35-30. But Joe Bur- they trust Joe Burrow. Well, that's you, a good sign. That's, you can a good see sign. it. I mean, you're going to give the quarterback, a rookie quarterback, a chance to throw the ball 61 times. That's insane. How many other quarterbacks <laughs> threw it over 40 times last? And that 40 is a lot. With no interceptions either. With no uh, interceptions. And Joe Burrow is a playmaker, and he's showing why he could. he's the face of this franchise. But everybody's asking, is this going to be a situation where he turns into a Stafford? Great talent, amazing quarterback. Just no one to build around. on a bad team. <coughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting. I just like the matchup there. Yeah, that was a great matchup. Yeah, I mean, two young quarterbacks, Battle of Ohio. Yeah, I understand both teams are pretty crappy. And like, oh, this is the worst Thursday night game you could have put together. Yes, I understand that. But going in, you know that these two teams are equal. And it doesn't matter if they're best in the league or worst in the league. Still going to give you a good game. And they did. And the Browns capitalized. Baker only turned it over once. Scared me a little bit. But the running you, game. When you got Nick Chubb, <laughs> exactly right. When you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running the football, good things are gonna <laughs> happen. I mean, those two were phenomenal, phenomenal. It was it was just fantastic. Three touchdowns, um one hundred or sorry, not one hundred, huh? Two hundred and ten yards combined rushing on thirty two carries. That's f- very good. Baker always still had five yards, but so those it's two, he didn't, he, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, <But> Baker. <laughs> it's Baker. It doesn't run. Yeah, Baker, not a running quarterback. We we, we found that out already. Well, not like yeah. a Joe Burrow. But um, there were some some speculation going on about if Baker's going to continue this rest of the season as a quarterback. Because do remember, they do have Case Keenum on their bench as the backup. And Case Keenum's no slouch. Yeah. He pulled the Vikings in a playoff into playoff wins. He's a guy that can get you there. so He's not anyone to sleep on. No, and I did say if Baker doesn't turn the ball over and play smart, that he can continue his role, which he did, been minus the one throw. Yeah. It was a typical Baker interception. So, <laughs> I mean, it'll be really interesting to see now what the AFC North is going to look like because when you have the Bengals playing so well, yes, they've come out. They've, they've been in both games this year. They've lost yeah. both games by one score. So they will get – they will get their dues. They're going to get a W. It's going to happen because they're playing well enough that they will do it. Who is, will be against is a question. Yeah, it's the same thing with, like, Arizona, as you guys were saying earlier. Like, they're a great, amazing team. 
great offense. Their defense is a little bit iffy, but they're going to come out with a win one of these days. Yeah, Arizona's playing very good right now, and the fact of the matter is, as last year, we weren't saying that <laughs> at all. They were yeah. really bad. I went on my rant yeah, already Kyler, today about... Kyler's starting to turn the page a little yeah, bit. Kyler and DeAndre from, Hopkins have found something, yeah. and boy, is it beautiful. I think, and I think, I mean, not to kind of go off topic, but I think the adding of DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins was one of the was a really good situation because now Kyler Best has choice. two people to look forward to rather than just Larry Fitzgerald. Absolutely. And that just opens the field up so much more. I think it really makes their offense that much better. Versatile, I mean, too. Yes. They have two vertical threats with – don't forget Fitz. Yeah, it's Fitz. Don't yeah, disrespect my, my Larry Fitzgerald. Don't disrespect him. I said Larry don't Fitzgerald. Don't disrespect him. No. I said Larry Fitzgerald. I said now that he has someone other than Larry Fitzgerald to throw to, it opens up the field. I know. You yeah. made it sound like it was he's just another average guy. <laughs> I was just saying. Nah, just, that's Larry Fitz, I'm man. just pulling your leg, Joe. It's okay. But it'll be really interesting to see how that turns out in Arizona, especially how they've been beating San Francisco and on – I mean, you're talking about a lot of teams here in the the NFC that can be contenders, and one team we've always talked about as a contender is the New Orleans Saints. Who do play tonight against the Raiders at 8:15? And good it, transition. I'm just gonna you. say that that yeah. was a pretty thank solid you. transition. I know, it's beautiful. I know. But um, Cynthia Freeland put out Saints have a 57 percent uh, chance that they will win by a projected score of 26 to 23. That's what the ESPN numbers are cranking. And this is the funniest part about this is apparently looking at the stats. I don't think I don't know if NFL.com got this wrong or whatever. They say that the Saints have the worst offense in the NFL. I think sure. that's wrong. But I don't think that's correct. And I think it's because that they that's have like a Max Teller. They've have Max the yeah. Type yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, the Saints are the worst defense. The NFL. No, um, they I feel like they're they're going off of a like a straight um, like a an accumulating column of the stats mm-hmm. and every other team has two games and they only have one. I think yeah. that's the reason why. Cause it also says first and second defense in the NFL. So, Oh, I think I figured out cause they have less point. Yeah. So yeah. those, those go out the window. But last time these two teams met was September 11th in 2016. The Raiders pulled out the W 35, really? 34. And I believe I that was, happen. I believe that was at the Superdome. So, I mean, going off of that fact, uh, it could be anybody's game. Highly doubt I, that. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I highly doubt, highly highly doubt, doubt that. that. Uh, I'm just putting it up. Saints are going to win this game. Um, sorry, probably. Brendan. I know you're a big-time Raiders fan um, and that's listening probably right now. Hopefully. Oh, um, we almost forgot that. Uh, Michael Thomas is actually playing this week, so yeah. they might. Yeah, so. They got we'll a lot of pressure on Alvin Kamara there. Yeah, a lot. Alvin Kamara had an okay first week. He had three. I, he should have had. Should have had three touchdowns. I, I mentioned that part already. <laughs> but, um, he, he didn't have as much of yards as we normally want to see, but he could be – He this is a bounce-back game. This could be a big game. And um, the one thing that is a little scary for the Raiders is Derek Carr on Monday Night Football is not the Derek Carr we normally see. Yes, Definitely not. He has five career Monday Night games under his belt, more interceptions and touchdowns. And I just like Garfield there. And I believe he's less than five hundred if I remember correctly. You just hate <laughs> the Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Garfield on Mondays. I love it. I it's, love it, Ryan. It's I love gonna it. it's gonna be tough. But I mean Derek Carr was very efficient last week. I mean two thirty nine, yeah. twenty two for thirty, one touchdown. I mean it's gonna come down to if Drew Brees is gonna be able to utilize Kamara again, especially Michael Thomas, and kind of spread that out a little bit. Yeah. And I mean we've seen how efficient Drew Brees can be. He broke the record for I mean, quarterback, what wasn't it? Uh, quarterback touchdown. completion in the mm-hmm. game. Yes. And, and touchdowns, so too. Touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. And last he, year. What was it? He went like 98% in a game last year yeah. where he only yeah. missed like one throw out of like 30 or He's something. He's an accurate yeah. passer. And I think a lot of people did really don't give him the credit for how accurate of a quarterback mm-hmm. he is. And then, yes, for being I, how I, I don't think. Is, like, I understand he doesn't throw that or doesn't throw the deep ball. But when you got guys that run such great routes and have so much speed. You don't need to throw the ball no. far every all off, especially if it's working. Too. Yeah, Michael Thomas in the slant, probably the best ride ride receiver for the best route in that tree. I mean, you give him a slant, he he could literally go up against Stephon Gilmore and probably get four catches, five catches, because he's just that good at that route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, yeah, Drew Brees rebounding is always a good thing to see. Um, eight, he's eight and two in his last ten games where they have come off of a a sub 200 yard pass game or a loss so 
He's definitely the guy that can rally the troops. We've seen it. All the warm-up highlight tapes of him getting his team pumped up. They're going to be pumped up to play this game in Vegas. I'm uh, going to be really excited for the, the pretty much the – is this the first game for the Raiders at home? I, I think, think so. so. Or did they play it last? I, I honestly, I, I uh, let me check. I, I believe they played at Carolina last week, which they they um, did pick up the win. It was like forty-five to forty something. It was a crazy yeah. high-scoring game for how those two offenses have been. I believe what? it was at yeah at Carolina. It was at Carolina. So the brand new debut or debut at Vegas tonight. It's gonna be exciting. The new stadium, um, Allegiant Stadium. Boy, it's it, crazy. It looks that epic. stadium is ridiculous. It looks epic. So. We'll see how that goes. Um, picks wise, I'm taking the Saints. Sorry, Brandon. Definitely. Taking yeah. the Saints. Um, I, he told me the Raiders were going to win this morning, so um, the Saints are going to probably pull it out. That's a hot take. So um, that is a, I mean, it's a respect. He's definitely going to be watching the game during our RSO meeting. I'll tell you that though. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get through our meeting. But uh, your guys' picks, Saints. Uh, I'm obviously going to go with the. The logical choice here, the Saints. Saints. I want. I. I definitely gonna go with the Saints, okay. but I wouldn't be mad if the Raiders could pull off the upset because I like a opening win yeah. in your like the not first inaugural game in like your in your new stadium is always a good is a good sign. But I mean, I can't go against the Saints against Drew Brees, especially with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the only logical thing. It's hard not to. It's like it's like last week. Can't really go yeah. against Rodgers in Detroit. No, can't. Re- <laughs> you just can't do it. So, um, but more football coming. This fall, as we talked last week, Big Ten is going to be back as far as Finally. late October. I believe the 24th or 25th is what the we said. The countdown is on. The countdown yeah. is on for some football. And college football actually did begin um, this week um, Already, for some yeah. teams. Some teams started last week, depending on the conference, obviously. But um, there was a pretty big game. Um, I believe it was um, Saturday night. Miami versus Louisville, two top 25 teams. Miami mm-hmm. pulled out the win. Derek uh-huh. King played very well. Um, but... Really, the Big Ten is what I think everybody's talking about because it's what I've been waiting for. It's it's oh yeah, that's what everybody's been waiting <laughs> for. Yeah, everybody's point. been waiting for. I'm a diehard Michigan fan, Joe. I love Michigan. Too. Obviously, I a big Michigan fan. Ryan is actually a big Penn State fan. Penn you State can see all the, the way. You see the Pennsylvania. You can yeah. see the Pennsylvania train. I like Saquon Barkley. It was so, sad that he got hurt. Yeah, and oh, good thing to mention. Oh. Please. Please pray for everybody in the NFL over this last week because this was very rough. There's like everybody five guys. On oh my yeah. goodness! The list of NFL injuries. I think it was Saquon Barkley, Nick Boza. in week two. Absolutely, just it was awful. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is like, it's oh my gosh, it was really not a good situation. I mean, talking about Saquon Barkley. Likely a torn yeah. ACL by what the the I believe the the reports are saying is yeah. the Giants said it was probably or likely a torn ACL. They're um, hoping it's not. Uh, Nick Bosa ha- might have a torn ACL Nick as Bosa well. Nick Bosa expected to have a torn ACL as well. Um, I believe they also had their other starting D tackle was hurt. Um, yeah. Drew Drew Locke had a shoulder problem. Uh, they diagnosed it as a sprain AC joint, which that could give him or leave him out some time. So. They're going to roll with good old Jeff Driscoll for a couple <laughs> weeks, and we love to see that. Oh, man. But, oh, we, we I mean, here in Detroit, we know about Jeff Driscoll. So, um, Jimmy Garoppolo is actually not going to be available for the next couple weeks with a high ankle sprain. I mean, the 49ers yeah. really got it bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they just they, took some heads. Yeah, Raheem Moster, I believe, had a concussion as well. Um, Cortland Sutton, yeah. he's, has, he's got a knee injury. Christian McCaffrey, an ankle injury. Devontae Adams, the heart and soul of my fantasy team. Um, I believe it was uh, in my other league, but hamstring injury after a Tough. ankle injury earlier in the game, so he's banged up. Yeah, yeah. It's just um, there's so m- there's an infinite list of other guys too. Those are the most notable. I mean, Tyrod Taylor didn't even start on Sunday before the yeah. game. He had a chest problem, which almost led to a crazy comeback by Justin Herbert to beat the Chiefs. Nice. Had to take an overtime field goal to do it, but the Chiefs did get it done. But there's a lot of guys on the injury mm-hmm. report this week, so if you're in fantasy, yeah. um, which we didn't talk about fantasy, but oh, we'll get there. We'll get. We, there. we can get there in a sec. <laughs> we can get there, but um, as far as the um Big Ten goes with football, obviously injuries aren't going to be a immediate concern. Is hopefully yeah, they uh, won't be. Hopefully this won't be. And I know um San Francisco um um Shanahan really. St- was talking about the turf a lot, um, apparently, at MetLife. Um, so I don't know what the situation with that is. I mean, obviously with – not at MetLife, I'm sorry. Um, 
but he was talking about the turf and it was kind of looked like it was sticky and it was a problem. So, and I mean, with you guys, four starters getting injured, significant injuries, that's definitely an alarm, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Moving to college football now, as I got distracted twice, um, <laughs> a big, big news or a big news story, I should say out of Michigan that it sounds like we're going to be rolling with that- Joe Milton. Really? Really. I know. I saw a thing that said Dylan McCaffrey was looking to transfer. Yes, he's looking to transfer. And he was our he was our guy that we were thinking about for the longest time. He was he was the guy. He showed glimpses last year when he, he was, got the chance to play. Same with Joe Milton. But, I mean, I honestly think Joe Milton's a really good fit. He's a guy who can run, who can pass. I'm really excited for that. But it's going to come down to if he's going to be able to fit into that starter spot, especially not getting a whole lot of playing time last year. But if he's going to be able to fit in well, then I'm excited. Yeah, and the rumor is coming out of what's going on, what the situation is, is that apparently, like, Joe Milton is just playing that much above McCaffrey this offseason. He's just been taken off is what it sounds like. And actually, Cade McNamara, who's one of our five-star recruits, is actually sounding like he beat out um, McCaffrey for the, the backup job. Really? Is, that's oh, what the talk is right now is that those two have been playing so well that McCaffrey's kind of lost his touch in the starting in this as the backup. So he might be looking to go somewhere else, which, I mean, he can definitely play somewhere else. The dude has a talent of the world. I know one um, one um, personal um, friend of mine that actually said that Michigan screwed up by not starting McCaffrey last year and playing um, Shea Patterson, which gives Shea Patterson some credit. Great quarterback. But, I mean, big games, he was not there. And no. I think that was a really bad – I mean, especially the bigger – Did he get drafted at all? Um, He got signed by the the Chiefs, and then he got let go. Tough. So, yeah. yeah I mean, when he got to complete with Pat and Matt Moore. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's kind of hard. It'll be good for him to have the experience. But um, as far as an NFL starting quarterback, I don't think he's there yet. I don't no. think I don't think he's there yet. So give, Maybe give him some time. But. Yeah. Um, Michigan's looking pretty good, as always. Can we win the game? That's going to be the question of the season. Can we win the big game? That's yeah. the question. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to – I think this year we're in the horseshoe, which makes it that much worse. But – Luckily, though, we're not going to have as many fans. So it's going to be – it's probably going to be more of a neutral site than anything. I think so. We'll see Especially how – Especially since, like, we've seen how empty the stadiums are now and how players, yeah. I think, only get two or three tickets a person, I think. But I think so. Yeah. It's, Something like that. It'll probably be limited attendance as well, yeah. I guess. But, mm-hmm. I mean, still, we haven't beat Ohio State since, what was it, Denard Robinson uh, was our quarterback. Yes. <laughs> I want to win. So. I, and, uh, I yeah. feel, this is your year, guys. We should have won 2016. Just saying. We should JT have. was short. We all know it. It's printed on T-shirts, so it has to be right. But <laughs> it's on, it's on the internet. <laughs> I wanted to get we it. Got, <laughs> wanted to get that T-shirt. I mean, for we so got long, Minnesota. Man. We got Minnesota in the first stub. That's going to be a tough game. Michigan State, obviously. I mean, they're they're going to probably yeah. they're going to be a, they're going to be a, a little bit of a little bit of a challenge. But I mean, they're obviously in a rebuild, so it's going to be yeah. not going to be as tough as before. Like you said, Mel yeah. Tucker is going to probably try to figure out the situation yeah. as quick he, it's as gonna possible. T- yeah, it's going to take it's going to take a while for them to really solidify themselves back to the college football playoff standard that they were at a, co- or a few With years Kirk ago. Kirk Cousins and stuff like that. Yeah, Kirk Cousins era and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I heard a rumor. We're, I heard a rumor that Ryan Day was on the the hot seat. I think that's absolute a load of oh, load of garbage. But I don't I don't see how that would I don't see how Ryan Day is gonna lose his job in Ohio State. I don't see how that happens. He's too good of a coach and him and his players have so much chemistry, I don't feel mm-hmm. like that's a possibility. No. But if it does happen, you guys might have a chance. Yeah. To be, I, I, to we be all, yeah, we'll see. But um <laughs> Penn State we they're they're gonna be they're always a tough team and obviously Ryan you guys lost, lost Micah Parsons one of yep. your one of your sole um, players but defense their defense is always good it's you just can't even argue with that they're always good they're yeah. always gonna be yeah offense offense is kind of the question mark because I mean you it's had so I still am just so angry with Ronnie Bell last year dropping <laughs> the dropping the pass when we could have won that game I. <laughs> Every time just Penn State comes up in this conversation, that's all you I think about. You had to bring that up I right think now. the fans want to I tried not to, it, not to not hurt you guys' feelings here. So. Yeah. No, Ryan, we hate you now. That you, <laughs> no, <laughs> Ryan, <get out> here. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's good to have people that like yeah. different teams. It makes these kind of arguments it's a lot better. But The um, the, ba- the Big Ten East, at least. or the Yeah, the Big Ten East is kind of tough. Yeah, it's always with, tough. Especially always tough. with how, like... Because, I mean, with the Big Ten West, it's usually always... Um, I'm blanking on the on the team that usually is always in the championship. 
I think it's Wisconsin. Not Wisconsin. Yeah. But Wisconsin's usually Wisconsin's is always the one that rule that side. But I mean, or is it Nebraska? I uh, oh. one of those two. But Nebraska, I, I mean, feel like is either gonna if if Nebraska does not go 500 this year, Scout Frost will be fired mm-hmm. yeah. because this they they've had so much hype and so much talent and so much uh, they've they've got everything. I don't understand mm-hmm. what's like. I mean, we're talking. We were talking about a couple of years ago how um, Scott Frost, like when he first got there, and they lost to unranked teams and stuff at home, <laughs> Sony, and yeah. we're like, "Oh yeah, he's getting fired." And then he starts to pull it off. Okay, I can give him a little right, bit of time. Right. Okay, we're doing good. Oh, this is our year. Last year, this is our year. This is our year. This is our year. Go five and seven. Yeah. yeah Obviously, this, not your year. It's tough. <laughs> so if with that talent and everything, if Scott Frost does not make. Um, it does not make a legit run as the Big Ten and finishes under 500. I think they're going to be considerably going to mm-hmm. relieve him of his duties. But yeah. we'll see, obviously, that something may come up. Maybe it's a Patricia situation. They like mm-hmm. him, and they feel that it's really going to turn around next year, and we'll be in for another year, so we'll, we'll <laughs> see how that goes. But you got to move on from that. He's going to – yeah, gonna but Indiana is a team not to be slouched at, though. They got mm-hmm. a lot of they, they high talent. They showed it last year. last year. Yeah, they were they were pretty good last year, and they're. I mean, you look at the teams like Indiana, Duke, for example, North Carolina. These primary basketball schools that are now starting to make some noise in the college football world. It's kind of exciting to see. I went to, I went to the Purdue Indiana game last year because I have a couple cousins go down to Purdue, so we went to the football game, and I'll tell you what, Indiana showed glimpses last year of being a very good team, but this kind of off topic. That rivalry it rivals rivals the Michigan State Ohio State rivalry. I don't really, know about that. that's well, you have to be there. <laughs> that, <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> with this, be, with it's it's ridiculous. But all like I mean, I'm trying to like Indiana's a really good football team, but that rivalry is ridiculous. Okay. Just how much how much hatred there is. Not as much as Michigan and Ohio State. Okay, I was just about to say, yeah. would it would it be more comparable with Michigan Michigan State rather? Yeah, than prob- yeah. probably okay. that. Yeah, that I can see. Obviously, inter yeah. interstate, it's gonna be there. So I I completely agree with you that that though that is a very big rival, and there's a lot of big rivalries that really don't get mentioned in no. college football, especially no. like though like those two teams. There's obviously like. A lot of other ones, and there's kind of ones like even dating back to like uh, the Notre Dame Miami rivalry. Oh man, um, Catholics versus convicts. Catholics versus convicts. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That rivalry, like they've we've had those rivalries that just kind of go under the radar, and then something bad happens, and boom, national ticket sale through the roof. This is about to be yeah, a bloodbath. Well, I mean, when they played, when they played, la- I think it was last year, or the year before, they had yeah. the. Uh, 30 for 30 about that air before like i think the friday before that game or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that yeah talking about the 80s and how and that built it, up that it really because it was it. the first time they played each other and like what was in like? how long because yeah, they were so so furious with each other they couldn't play each other anymore <laughs> it's it's crazy how many rivalries kind of like you said fly under the radar but i mean i'm just happy to watch the big 10 yeah, watch from Penn State li- Nittany Lions come out. Yeah, Penn State obviously is ranked, I believe, above Michigan right now. Uh, well, yeah. it depends on how their offense. It's, yeah, I think I think the offense. Def- I think your defense. They're both is teams. So rock solid. It's just the offense that's a concern, and obviously yeah. the last couple of years you've had Saquon and Miles Sanders and Trace yeah. McSorley to get the yeah. job done. This year, are those it's, new guys going to do it? That's the real question. Yeah. Michigan, can we succeed in big games? AKA yeah. the game. That's really the question. Yeah. Because we, well, uh, we, su- we do well, if we're we do well pretty much all year. If we're supposed then, to win, we win game that game. If we're, well, if yeah. it's a toss up, we usually, I mean, we usually can't get the job. If we're done. playing a like, we're if we're playing like a Illinois or a like a Purdue, we're gonna win that game. There's no question. It's mm-hmm. just, can we beat Penn State? Can we beat Ohio State? Can we, can we beat, beat Wisconsin? Yeah. Those even teams. Indiana now. That even they're Indiana starting to now that we gotta worry about it, that's them. gonna be a little bit more of a toss up now too. So yeah, it'll it'll certainly be interesting. As I mean, we're t- we're watching some players that in a couple years could be on our fantasy teams. As we Definitely. now talk about how our fantasy teams do, kind of to wrap up the show. Yeah. But I mean, I know I'm in a good shape. I got Alvin Kamara tonight already up by <sighs> 32. I'm happy. Um, I pull I pulled the oops. I I pulled, a, I pulled the a big oops. Pulled yes, big talk oops. about your oops, Joe. What did I, you uh, do? I talked a little bit about it already in the show, but I forgot to I forgot to um, sub out James White. Uh, that was kind of tough. Uh, no points scored in that category. I had a couple Ouch. guys on the bench who I should have switched out. I forgot to. I could have gotten 14 more points and probably put me in a better position to win this week. Um, but I am down 22 at the moment, and I don't think I'm going to win because 
The person I'm playing against still has Drew Brees and the Saints defense to play. So, <laughs> and I'm down by 22. So I don't uh, think it's going to be that. But after last week, I mean, I still have Darren possible. Waller to play. I still have Darren Waller to play. Yeah, so. Darren Waller might score hoping. five touchdowns, two hundred sixty yeah, yards. He might yeah. break. Julio's he might go record. crazy. Yeah. But um, Ryan, um, <laughs> we would love to have your take on your team, and you can talk about um, it as much as you want because we've talked about I our love. teams enough. How do you yeah. feel about your team, aka my team? Yeah, talk about the your squads. Saquon. Saquon. I don't even have Saquon, so that's the best <laughs> part. <laughs> that's the best part. It's a blessing in disguise at this point. Yeah, now with him being possibly the torn ACL, that yeah, I'm actually kinda playing against team. a team that has Saquon, yeah. and I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, what is this? Seven points ahead of him? Something like that? Uh, if, uh, let me no. check for you. Uh, 15 Shoot, points. 15? Fif- 15. And He's you got. You've got one player to play. Looks like it's Jared, Jared Cook, Cook, and, and then he's got Josh Jacobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're like so. predicted nine points from each other. I'm so yeah, are you confident that your team's going to be? Two oh yeah, Josh. If Josh Jacobs did what he did last week. I'm definitely going to secure the win. All right, yeah. he did have a couple touchdowns last week, but yeah. I mean, this is New Orleans. New Orleans does have a very good defense. People keep forgetting about, especially yeah. in the run. So I think well, I'd put my money on I you right cooks. now, Ryan. It I cooks. Cook's a tight end, man. Yeah, Cook's, Cook was used a lot last week. He's the leading receiver, yeah. especially when Michael Thomas went out. But we have to talk about this Kyle Robach, man. Kyle Robach. Oh, How in the world did you <laughs> oh, do this? Man. He scored, ladies and gentlemen, in a PPR format, 192 points. Almost 193. 192.88. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. That is when you just look at the top performers, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, he's got Aaron Jones, he had Josh Aaron Allen, Jones, forty-five points, forty-five <laughs> points. Josh Allen, thirty-four points. Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, twenty-two points. I thought Calvin you were going Ridley. on a roll there. I was oh. ready for. No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley, twenty-nine. That's ridiculous. Tampa Bay's defense with that eleven points. Uh, there. Like, and it's the worst insane. part about this, the worst part about this, and I feel like Kyle's probably just as mad about this. He had Allen Robinson, three catches, yeah. thirty-three yards, on his bench. <laughs> He had Mike Jacecki and even Brandon Cooks, who yeah. he could have maneuvered around with Calvin Ridley in the wide receiver spot to open up the flex, and he could have broke two hundo. His team could yeah, have broke two hundo. That's a that's a crazy mark. I've only done it once, and it was like literally the craziest thing ever. Everything had to line up. So, but that's a sorry to Travis. He, he can't really say he anything. Got the short with he got the short of the stick points. on that one. But it, yeah, yeah, he'll have to look to next week. But on. Um, Johnny Walker, not or he's gonna pull out the W this week. Only scoring ninety three. Miley's team had a little bit of a rough week. Um, really was counting on Tom Brady to drive some points, and yeah. he, he didn't. He didn't put up the numbers against Carolina that they, he that really need. Did have Julian Edelman though. That kind of helped give it a run, but not quite uh-huh. getting there. But um, my team is gonna secure the dub. Really happy unless <laughs> Alvin Kamara fumbles the ball about twenty two mm-hmm. times. I think the number's gonna have to be. Yeah. No, um, twenty like eighteen times. I've I'll have to fumble like eighteen times to lose this game. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. So he does have Will Lutz. I will give him a little bit of credit for there. But I think I'm gonna pull out this the win against Sean. I just um, feel bad for uh, Hunter there. He's he's got Dak Prescott on the bench with the uh, five touchdowns. Just yeah, there. not <laughs> a great move. He did he did <laughs> bench him for Lamar Jackson, but definitely after the yeah. week he put up. Yeah, it's gonna be a, like a little yeah. a, a little kick in the butt, but I mean he did have he, he does have Kirk Cousins though too. Oh, Ouch! Three interceptions, a hundred. He finished with negative points in the as a quarterback. Yeah, that's not a great number. <laughs> if you get yeah. negatives in any category, that's not a good number. But I mean, this is a weird, interesting. Both our both teams had empty slots, and we actually talked to Barrett, his opponent, about this. They made a trade on Saturday night. With yeah. each other, swapping Amari Cooper and Chris Carson, but the ESPN trade order you know, does not allow them to play before they both played their games yesterday, so they weren't able to put them in the lineup. But as the suspense builds up, it would not have mattered. They, the result would still be what it is. So um, it it's yeah. definitely interesting to see how ESPN does the trade. Like they literally made this trade like on Saturday. And yeah. they didn't get to play their players Sunday, which is unfortunate. I wonder if there's a way you can figure that out, especially when you got now you have to worry about injuries mm-hmm. costing like James White, for example. I had him in another league. I know you had him as you talked about. That was a that was a really if you weren't in the loop, you're, you're losing a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So, but I mean, as far as confidence goes down the stretch, um, how do you guys feel as far as the league's going right now? Looking, I'm I think sure it's going to be pretty, t- pretty tight, I honestly. Th- Ryan, I mean, there's a couple teams that are going to go 0-2. I, I feel like it's a healthy mix, to yeah. be honest. Ryan, your team pretty much... Um, with no, I'm one and zero right now. Yeah, with you're about to be two and zero likely if you pull off this win. I'm gonna be two and zero, Joe. I'll be one and one. You'll be one and one, but it was a user error. User error this week. It's a fan. It's a fantasy football league that lasts yeah. thirteen weeks. So or you fourteen got weeks. Give it you time. You got time. You got, you got time, time to pull it together. So, um, it'll definitely be interesting as we wrap up the show. We talked a little bit about. Um, the U.S. Open. We figured we'd let you guys know what happened because toss that in a little bit, you know. If you yeah. don't, if you don't know about Wingfoot, and you guys thought, "Whoa, what are they talking about Wingfoot being hard?" I think if you witness the rounds on just, over the weekend, you just, found uh, out how hard it was. Just go on YouTube and type in uh, "U.S. U.S. Open putting," and you can see how tough that actually was. Oh my goodness! And here's to put into perspective: there's how many PGA professionals playing this course over the tournament yeah. how many probably. probably was there a hundred in the field it I had to be so. around a hundred it had to be hundred hundred and some change there was one single player under par that's it and that's one. bryson DeChambeau. and that was bryson take the dub to shambo with a six under par blew the field away mm-hmm. and i mean the matt wolf was the closest and he and he was even. even yes he was even so technically you could say two players at or under par, but when you're shooting over par is a PGA professional. When, when you're shooting at That's a not point good. where you're on a par, so when you're Bryson DeChambeau and you're on a par five and can go driver pitching wedge putt. That's a pitching problem. Wedge. I think not, not <laughs> an iron, not, not an iron, not a nine a or eight pitching, a pitching wedge. wedge. I feel like you're pretty set for winning this competition. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There, was, there was a couple. There was a round where he fin. I think he. I think it was third round. Uh, where he had, uh, I think it was the second hole that he's playing because he was paired up with Patrick Reed, and Patrick Reed was on the had him on the jump for like the first couple holes, mm-hmm. but he had one where he had a ridiculous like hook, like it it just went or a or a snap sli- or a slicer. I forget which, which way it went, but it went way out. I think in the other fairway or something like that. Okay. And he ended with I think a bogey or double bogey, and Yikes. I think that was the the only time that he finished under par or. Par or above. Yeah. I think that whole round, which it, is ridiculous. Yeah, it was just crazy to see how all these guys struggled. And I know one of your favorite golfers, Phil Mickelson, Joe. He, he got beat up. Oh, he had a rough day, a nine over. And we don't oh. we don't see that very often. Ryan's, That's sad. Ryan's reaction is <laughs> pretty <laughs> much exactly what we all saw. I know he, he, I saw he it. Missed, he, missed, he got cut out of the field. He, he lost the tournament in the first round and got cut. And that's something that's we sad. don't see Phil do. No, really not. I know. It's so I sad. I feel bad for the man. We love Phil. Every, Phil's a player's he, man. He's one of the best players, man, or player, or golf fan. Or Yeah, you could. He's one yeah. of the fan favorites. That's what I was trying mm-hmm. to spit out. But he was one of the fan favorites. He is for a reason. He's such a likable guy. So, I mean, it's sad to see Phil and a lot of these guys struggle at the U.S. Open, but it just shows how Wingfoot always ends up winning in the end. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm excited because I think that this course really is going to be one that's going to stay in the rotation for the longest time. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the it's last, the one ma- we're the last major that was there, I think, was in 2006, I think, was when the last major held there was. And I think it's just going to – seeing the course and how tough it was made for the players, I feel like that's going to show a lot of – it made it a lot better for the viewer. I know a lot of people don't like to watch golf. But it made it a lot more exciting to see how good these players actually were. Because really, for some PGA PGA Tour spots, they're catered to the players so much that it basically is like they're playing, basically playing on carpet at that point. Yeah. Where it's so manicured. And when they were able to um, grow out the rough to, I think they said six inches, where Ooh. when they were walking, yeah, that rough was they, ridiculous. Yeah. There was a, there was a, there was part of it where they were following Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau out of the rough, and they were walking. You could not see their ankle through no. that grass. That is, that is, you can't that is see ridiculous. That's like, that's basically like swinging in like a hayfield. That's yeah. how, that's basically how it's gonna feel like on your irons. That's just yeah. it's insane. They had to hire a hundred extra, or not hire, but they had a hundred volunteers for just spotting the ball in the rough so that it's, players wouldn't lose it. It's that deep. They're literally taking like. Four inch pancakes out every single shot. It seems like four, not four inches like long, deep. 
that's literally how far on, down in the rough you have to get to get under the ball. That's how high the rough grass was. Oh, it's, it, it was ridiculous. It's crazy. And, and even with the greens the way they are, Wingfoot has some of the craziest greens. I mean, I, I can't remember what hole it was, but I know there was one hole where you literally – the hole will be at it's like a diagonal. You have to take like a rounded triangle route to get there, where mm-hmm. basically you can't put straight at it because then you're gonna fade and go down. Yeah. You have to literally hit it up the hill and let it roll back down. And yeah. it literally almost pulls a there 180. Was, there was so many things That's on ridiculous. Instagram where it showed like yeah. this is the US Open putting and they there there I I forget who it was, but it was literally the hole was behind the player and to the left. And he was literally putting the up so it would come around, do a full 180 degree turn, and then came through. And then he, I think he almost made it, or he made it. And it's like it's just ridiculous. Wingfoot yeah. will always win in the end, and that is Definitely. what we learned over the weekend. And as we wrap up today's show, and it was a great show. Um, we appreciate you guys for listening as always. And if you want to be on the show yourself, follow us on Twitter at the MBSP. Get yourself into that message box and send us a message, and we can get you here in the studio. We want you on the show. We want you on the show. We want more people like Ryan. We want more people like Q yeah. on the show. So, Ryan, as all as always with our guests, we appreciate to have you. It, it was, was nice having me. Great talking Thanks with you. Thanks for coming on, man. So it's nice. Great guest. We will look forward to having more guests on in the future. And Joe, like you say always, another good day in the office. Great day in the studio. Love to be here. So thank you guys so much, and we will see you on Wednesday for another episode of the MBSP. Take care, everybody.